Welcome to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house. We're giving out prescriptions for better financial health and making smart decisions with your money. We give common sense solutions to your complex problems. And now, here are the doctors. Well, John, it's hard to believe, you know, we're halfway through the year now. Yeah, it's been a weird year. It's been quite <laughs> to say the a least. year. It'll be one for the record books, But we no have the doubt. 4th of July celebration, right? It's coming up, yeah. It's, it's going to happen just like normal, except I guess there'll be less less people in the big, you know, the big firework events. Yeah, <laughs> it was interesting. We had a, um, uh, a client who's a doctor in an uh, emergency room, and, and, and they were saying that there would be more people this year than normal because a lot of times people go to the organized firework events. Right, right, And right. so they're not having those, so they're probably going to go out and buy their own fireworks, which means there's going to be more accidents. So I read that, yeah. yeah. So yeah. be careful if you're shooting fireworks <clears throat> That's out for there. sure. That's for sure. Yeah, and we still got sports going on, so that's good. You know, I mean, golf continues, and yeah. it's exciting. Yeah, and I love watching it. I'm hoping football goes off here in a month or so. I'm, I mean, a couple months. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think it's going to be without question, fans. But. Questionable <clears throat> on the NBA. We'll, we'll see. I mean, coronavirus is obviously out there, but – Wow, what a quarter. Yeah, we finished the best quarter since, what, 1987? Yes. <clears throat> of course, that's because we had, like, the worst quarter <laughs> since 1987. That's right. You know, prior to that. But having said that, we needed it. I mean, wow. I mean, the Dow and the S&P was up, like, 20% for the quarter. Great quarter. I mean, you know, but, it, you know, all that stuff about this, you know, really U-shaped recovery, real slow recovery, <clears throat> turned out to be a lot more of a v-shaped recovery than people thought it has certainly in the stock market it has we'll see what the uh, economy does still a lot of questions you know we're seeing spikes in cases um uh, really yes. around the country and um saw some good positive news on on you know vaccines coming out so i mean it's right. kind of one day is good one day is not but it, overall the quarter was fantastic so it's, it was and i will say this you know i kind of irritates me that the media doesn't report any good news about things and the deaths have plummeted i mean deaths are way down yeah at the their lowest level and you never hear that in the media it's like all they want to talk about is the spike in cases you know but apparently it's not as deadly right now i don't know why i mean it's it's weird yeah it's probably a combination of you know just having experience with it now for three months some some medicines are coming on board and i think younger folks are getting it more so now and I so heard i don't that, know there's and i heard maybe it's mutated <clears throat> to a less deadly form i, I don't know you know it's a lot I'm, going on, that's I'm for sure. I'm ready to start talking about Gamecock football. I mean, all the <laughs> pandemic stuff, I mean, goodness. I'm ready to start talking about Clemson football. <laughs> yeah, just football in general would be good. Anybody yeah. football would that's be right. good. <laughs> so, but yeah, um, you know, but we have a couple great shows lined up for I mean, a couple of great topics to talk about. Improving your credit score, John. I mean, it's not something we talk about a lot, but, you know, it is important, particularly for young people, when you're buying a house, um, you're, you're even applying for your cell phone come to find out you know i mean you, you have to have good credit score so yeah. we got some ways to improve your credit score we're going to talk about that and um you know yeah it, it's 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 pretty easy to do if you just follow some simple rules yeah and then we're going to switch over to a, a kind of a fun topic and it's talking about pets and uh, don't we don't tie pets and money together too much but you know i mean pets can be expensive whether you own dogs or you know exotic donkeys or uh, horses or whatever, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's right. If you have a hobby, you know, it depends. You got to work it in and 
We're going to give you some tips on ways to save on pet care. Ways to save on pets. Yeah, that's right. Besides not having a pet. That's right. That's yeah. Right. Yeah, right. Well, that's not an option. That's no, that's even, true. Make that's true. That's true. That's Yeah, that'll be an interesting topic. We'll, we'll look forward to that. By the way, I'm Steve Marbert. I'm a certified financial planner and a Dave Ramsey Smart Investor Pro with over 25 years experience in providing financial planning and investment advice. And I'm John Travis. I'm a Dave Ramsey certified counselor. I have an MBA in finance and have been helping corporations and individuals with planning for over 28 years. We're excited to have you listening to us today on our weekly show or our podcast up every Friday afternoon. Yeah, check out our website, moneymd.net. We have a, a ton of resources. Not only can you listen to the podcast on there, you can link to the old ones, but we also have a lot of tools. Um, we have uh, people going out there doing retirement plans, and we have college information out there. So check that out. Facebook page, put a prescription of the week out there uh, every week. Uh, some of them are more entertaining than others, but they're always good information. So it's something that you want to check out. Yeah, absolutely. And you can link to us right off our website and send us your questions. We'd love to hear from you, and we will talk about those here on the show. Um, We're going to start off here with our financial fact of the week. Yeah, this comes from the L.A. Times, and I'll say times are changing in our educational world. Um, But it doesn't look like the universities are seeing that. The University of Southern California announced the uh, tuition for next year is going to increase by 3.5% from the prior year, regardless if the classes are held, you know, on online or in person. Wow, so that's mean. It, it's just, I'm not sure they're getting the message. Yeah, um, I mean, it's crazy. I mean, you know, however, I did read this past week that uh, tuition now is a lot more negotiable this mm-hmm. year. You know, that you, if you ask, you can get a big discount. And there are a lot more people that are asking for discounts that are negotiating it. And universities are negotiating because... You know, they don't have as many international students. They don't have as many people coming in, yeah. and they're just they're they're hurting for good students. Sports so, revenue's down, which impacts right, them, and it's right. it's tough. And um, wow, so, so ask if you if you know if your if your tuition's gone up. I mean, ask for a discount. You know, just it doesn't hurt to ask, right? That's right. So all they can say <clears> is no. That's right. Right. Great. Great fact of the week. And that leads up here to our first topic, and that is improving your credit score. Um, yeah, this is off of Experian. Dot com um, recent article and John, you know this isn't something we talk about too often, so I don't want people to think that we're out here advocating having a lot of credit or needing a lot of credit. I mean, on the contrary, you know, our philosophy is that if you you want to get yourself in a position where everything is paid off and you never need credit again, I mean, then you shouldn't care what your credit score is, right? And that's basically, I mean, where I am, you know. Um, <clears throat> I know you probably are too, but I mean, but so we don't. You know, we so you don't want to need credit, but most people do need credit, right? And I mean, particularly when you're younger, um, your credit score is important to you get totally out of debt until you're able to stay out of debt, since that's what determines what interest rate you'll get and you know how well you'll be able to get a mortgage. So, um, and it's also important for a few other things. I mean, for example, my daughter um, was just out of college; um, she couldn't even get a cell phone in her own name because. She didn't have enough debt yet, or didn't have any debt, that is, and she didn't have uh, a, a high enough credit score to get, you know, a cell phone. So so it is important, and it's something you should pay attention to from time to time. Yeah, I know, Matthew, uh, my son had, had an issue with renting a car recently um, that, uh, you know, he didn't have a credit score, and it wasn't able to rent the car. And, um, okay, you know, yep. so, yep. so it, it's... 
it does impact certain areas of your life. You got to be careful. The reason why Dave doesn't like you know credit is it, it is a slippery slope. So Absolutely. You, you definitely have to to go into it with your eyes wide open. But the credit score is basically a three digit uh, number that lenders help to decide how likely it is if you'll you know repay them on time and uh, if they'll grant you a credit card or a loan and. It can be an important factor in, in life and getting started. And the higher your scores, the more likely you, likely you are to qualify for the loans and the credit um, cards and maybe have a you know a better rate, which will save you money long term. So your credit score is really a mathematical algorithm. And um, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's they look at kind of several different factors there. And one of them is, um, you know, making sure that you pay things on time, you don't have a lot of credit. But the, the most um, popular one is a FICO score, right? Right. The FICO <clears throat> score is what most people look at and go to, and it ranges from 300 up to 850. And based on where you fall in that range, will determine if they lend to you or not, and then what's, what the interest rate is. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And most scoring models <laughs> take into account your payment history on your loans and your credit cards and how much revolving credit you use regularly, um, how long you've had accounts open, what types of accounts you have, how often you apply for new credit, all those things factor in. So, I mean, understanding what helps or hurts your FICO score can go a long way to improving your your rating over time. Um, yeah, I have to admit, you know, I've been a little irritated by Mint.com these past few months because they will, I have an a, a account there where I track my expenses, right? Well, they'll tell me what my FICO score is, and they pointed out to me that my score has dropped 36 points in the last two months. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I'm like, for no good reason. And so when I click on it and find out what the reason is, they say, well, it's because you don't have enough credit. They say, you know, you only have four accounts by their measure, which is far below the average since I don't have a car payment or a mortgage. Um, and that hadn't changed recently, though. So who knows why it's dropping? But, you know, they, they readily point that out to me. You know, they're, so they're dinging you. They're dinging me for something. I don't really know what it is. It's kind of weird. It'd be interesting to see what it is in six months if yeah. that continues. But, you know, but yeah, understanding your score is the first step, though, to improving it. Yeah. And you can check your, your uh, credit scores online. And you can do that free by going to mint.com or the equifax.com. And when you get your scores... Um, you'll also get information about which factors are affecting you the most, as, as Steve was mentioning on his. And these risk factors will help you understand some of the changes that you can make to start improving your scores. And, you know, you, you're going to, it's going to take some time to change the scores, um, you know, so because things are being reported to your creditors and, and it takes, you know, there's a little bit of a delay associated with it, but it does at least give you some information on why your credit score is, is low. Yeah, that's right. And of course, you know, certain credit score factors are typically more important than others, like payment history and credit utilization ratios are really the most important factors um, in most scoring models. Together, they account for like 70 percent of your FICO score, um, <clears throat> which means they're hugely influential. Um, so you want to pay attention to those type things the most. So here are some actions you can take that will help your credit score improve over time. Of course, number one on the list is pay your bills on time. You know, yeah, that that's kind of obvious. Yeah, I mean, when lenders okay. review your credit report and request credit score for you, you know, they're very interested in how reliably you pay your bills. And that's because past performance, you know, on payments usually is considered a good predictor of the future. Yeah. Unlike investments. We don't say that. <laughs> we don't say that on investments. So with, you, with the payments of your credit, that definitely is a factor. 
And so you can positively influence this credit score factor by paying all of your bills every time on time, every single month, you know, paying late or setting up account, <clears throat> settling an account for less than what you originally agreed to pay is likely going to lower your score. Um, <clears throat> so you want to pay your bills on time, not just credit cards or any loans that you may have, such as auto loans or student loans, but also your rent, your utilities, your phone bill, and so on. All those things can report to the credit bureaus. Um, it's also a good idea to use your resources and tools you have available, such as automatic payments or calendar reminders, to help ensure that you pay you know, every bill on time. Yeah, if you're behind in your payments, um, you know, bring them current as soon as possible. Although late or missed payments, you know, appear as negative information on your credit report for seven years, their impact on your score does decline over time. So older late payments have less effect than more recent ones. Yeah, so the first one, pay your bills on time. The second one's kind of interesting. Get credit for making utility and cell phone payments on time. And if you've been doing both of those, um, there is a way to improve your credit score by factoring in those payments. There's a new service through Experian. It's called Experian Boost. And, um, you know, through this new opt-in product, consumers can allow Experian to connect to their bank accounts to identify utility and, and um, cell phone, you know, payment history. And mm -hmm. so after the consumer verifies the data and confirms they want it added to their, their Experian credit file, uh, an updated FICO score will be delivered in real time. So you got to sign up for a free Experian membership, and uh, you'll also receive a free credit report and FICO score immediately. But interesting, you give them access to your information and they go in there and they'll real time give you a, a higher, I uh, guess, a boost. Yeah, right. I mean, you know, if I, and Experian is one of the three credit reporting agencies. So, you know, they're, you don't have to worry about setting up an account there. I mean, they already have all your information. Yes. So, as does everybody else. As right? everybody else. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, so they, they, you know, have a big part in, in helping your credit score. So that's an interesting thing. I never heard that before until I read this article. Yep. Um, the next one here, John, is to pay off your debt and keep your balances low on credit cards and other revolving credit. I mean, yes, we're big fans of that. Um, you know, this credit utilization ratio is an, is an important factor in your credit score calculations. And it's calculated by adding all your credit balances at any given time and dividing that amount by your total credit limit. You know, for example, if you typically charge about $2,000 a month and your credit limit across all your cards is $10,000, then your utilization ratio is 20%, 2,000 divided by 10,000. Um, you know, so to figure out your average credit utilization ratio, you look at all your credit card statements over the last 12 months, add up the balances for each of those months across your cards, divide by 12. That's how much credit you use on average, you know, per month. And you divide that by all your, you know, by your, by your, uh, your limit, <clears throat> then, uh, that gives you your utilization ratio. Lenders typically like to see ratios of 30% or less. So, and people with the best credit scores often have very low credit utilization ratios. A low credit utilization ratio tells lenders you haven't maxed out your credit cards and, you know, likely, um, you know, how likely you are to manage your credit well. Um, I mean, you can possibly influence your credit utilization ratio by paying off 
debt and keeping your credit card balances low. Yeah, like you said, we're a big believer in that. So for sure. And uh, mm-hmm. another item here on the list is, um, you know, be careful with opening new credit accounts. Um, you don't want to just go out there and continue to open up new accounts. It probably is not going to help your credit score and actually could harm it in multiple ways from creating too many inquiries on your, your credit report to uh, maybe even tempting you to overspend and accumulate debt. So, uh, but you may want to consider keeping unused accounts open um, as long as they're not costing you money in annual fees. That may help you maintain your credit utilization uh, ratio as well that Steve was just mentioning. So owing the same amount, but having fewer open accounts may lower your credit scores also. Of course, you know, too much is never a good thing. So don't hang on to a lot of accounts if you're tempted to use them um, and uh, incur more debt. So Again, we want to get you to the point where you're not having to worry about your credit score. We get you past that, get the debt Absolutely. paid off and so forth. But th- these are these are helpful. Yeah, yeah, these are good tips. <clears throat> and the next one here is, you know, don't apply for too much new credit. You know, opening new credit a new credit card can increase your overall credit limit, but the act of applying for credit creates kind of a hard inquiry on your credit report. <clears throat> Too many hard inquiries can negatively impact your credit score. Um, Though this effect will fade over time, but these hard inquiries remain on your credit report for two years. So, you know, if you have a whole bunch of hits on your credit file in two years, Mm -hmm. that that tells lenders that, hey, this, you know, this person is actively trying to cover, you know, debt somewhere. So, um, yeah, you want to be careful about that. You want to just be very cautious about opening new new credit reports and then uh, credit files. And then... um, you know, dispute any inaccuracies on your credit report. I mean, yeah, you should check your credit reports at all three credit reporting bureaus. That's TransUnion, Equifax, and Experian for any inaccuracies. Get your free credit report, you know, at freecreditreport.com, I think. Mm-hmm. Is it annual credit report or free? It's freecreditreport.com. Yeah, and then, you know, verify that your accounts listed on your reports are correct. Um, you know, if you see errors, dispute the information, get it corrected right away. Monitoring your credit on a regular basis can help you spot these inaccuracies before they can do, you know, any damage. So, again, you know, we're not big proponents of creating or having a lot of credit or maintaining credit balances just to build your credit score. Um, But you do want to and you want to get in a position in life eventually to where you don't need to use credit. I mean, that's the bottom line. However, it, it, it is a fact that almost everybody needs good a good credit score to buy a house, even to get a cell phone. Um, so you do want to pay attention to your score from time to time. Make sure you're not unnecessarily hurting it when possible. That's kind of the moral of the story here. Yeah, good tips. All right, there you go. And that leads us up here to our question of the week. Yeah, this is a good question, and um, i just dive right into it. How can I convince my spouse that um, taking our f- uh, finances – uh, our financial life seriously is important. And, um, hmm. boy, that's a tough one. And I tell you, we, yeah. we certainly do counseling for folks and, uh, even some of our clients, quite frankly. And yeah. uh, I've heard Dave Ramsey talk a lot about this and, um, you know, I think, you know, communicating that it's important to you, seeing, it, seeing if you can sign up for FPU class, one of Dave's yes. classes, but sometimes there's other things going on and it's not a financial issue. It's a marital issue. Usually and there needs to be more, some more other, to it. Yeah. Some other professional counseling needs to come in because sometimes the financial stuff is just a symptom of a bigger issue uh, that right. needs to be addressed. Right. So. But I think going to a Dave Ramsey financial <laughs> peace university class, is a great way to really kind of get the same, get on the same page. Obviously discussing, you know, 
your finances. I mean, once a month, you know, mm-hmm. having some kind of discussion. Yeah. I mean, don't just blindly go do your own thing for each of you and, and be not on the same page. So it's got to be something that you work on continually. But going to a class, I think, is a great way to, um, you know, kind of kind of start, you know, both get on the same page and start taking it seriously. Yep. So good question of the week. And that leads up here to our next topic, and that is four practical ways to save on pet care. Yes. Have a pet rock. A pet rock. <laughs> That's, that's great. A, man, that is an easy one. Man, that will low save you a ton. Very low maintenance. I hear they're very cheap. They don't love you back, though. I mean, they don't lick you. True. They don't lick. They don't yeah, wag your they, tail. They don't. You know, they, you know, okay. You don't want to take them outside. I mean, there's some downsides to rocks. Ant farms are pretty cheap too. They. This is true. Yeah. Yeah. That's. I can. Okay. So we're we're setting it up right here. We see who the animal lover is <laughs> and is not. I will have to tell you. I'll, I'll tell tell a Ants story. For animals. Yes, that's true. They have feelings too. So, yeah. um, married back in the nineties, um, moved to St. Louis, had a dog, um, and realized how important that dog was to my relationship with my wife. Right. right. When our dog got a twisted gut, and we had to spend fifteen hundred dollars on getting that fixed. And I was a little shocked at the initial price tag, and then I realized that it wasn't really a. Uh, it wasn't my choice. <laughs> so, no, I mean, so no, we, you got to do whatever it takes. So we yeah. err on the side uh, in our family. We spoil our dogs. Our kids make fun of us the way we spoil our dogs. So, yeah. But we do budget for it, and we do have conversations about it. So Boomer is a sweet dog. Boomer, I have to give you that. <laughs> and he's actually on this. I see his he, picture on the article here. here. Yeah. yeah, that's good. Boomer's a great dog, and we, we've had... Two dogs, and, and my matter of fact, my daughter's coming this weekend and bringing her dog, yeah. Remy, which we love. And you you're know. a cat lover now, so. I, I have a cat, yeah. and you're just out there taking care of her <laughs> last night. You know, she's a sweet cat. But, there's, sweet, but yeah. there, there's studies out there, Steve, that, I mean, pets, there's health benefits for owning a pet. I mean, you know, lower blood pressure, cholesterol. Um, you know, for some people, honestly, it helps yep. with loneliness. And Boy, during this pandemic, I yeah. think it's been critical for a lot of people just no doubt. to have, you know, animals somebody to keep them you know you're locked in your house I yep. mean, you don't want to be alone absolutely so. and on top of that pets can increase opportunities for regular exercise outdoor activities and socialization i know we sometimes will just go out on a walk to take boomer out so yep. um you know they, they, there's some benefits they can lower stress levels and increase activities but let's face it um even though they're worth it it's they're not cheap i mean you look at food and vet bills um, they can put a dent in the budget, and um, a lot of us, you know, spoil our our animals like we yeah. do. <laughs> yeah. Last year alone, this is amazing. Americans shelled out an estimated fifty eight billion dollars on household animals. Wow. Did you yeah. were you in that stat anywhere? Well, yeah. I mean, I I have a cat, like you know, and I have two automatic feeders, John. Oh. You know, I've been. Was, I can't tell you how much money I've spent. You know. Feeding. Trying to, yeah, just keep those well, things cat, working. That cat brings you joy, though. We know she that. Does, so. She does. She's a sweet cat. So the question is, is how much should you be spending? And and while the exact amount is different for every budget, uh, one thing's the same. You should never, ever go into debt for a pet. And uh, I will say back in the nah, 90s, you don't want to do that. We, we did. For that $1,500, we, I had just started my first job, and, and we had to pay that off over uh, probably a year was the, the time frame. But, uh, man, it, that was tough. And um, deciding how much you're willing to spend in cash flow on uh, that lovable lab or that, uh, you know, tabby cat, it's, it's a personal decision. So we're going to kind of go through some, some situation, you know, some, some ways to save, 
But I will say that when we do counseling, we do see animals sometimes, sometimes. are causing such <clears throat> a large budget issue that people are not able to do other things. Not in all cases, but yeah, um, it, there are some things that you can do to reduce it. Needs it needs to be part of your planning, right? You it need does. to. I mean, you you need to not buy a pet until you until you know you can afford it, and yep. it's not going to put you in a bind, you know, because you want to be able to take great care of them too. I mean, you want to be able to afford whatever it takes to. To you know, give them great care yeah. and like that and ant farm. Instead of having one level, we have two levels. I mean, they can kind of go up and down <laughs> and exercise. And hey, 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 you know, <laughs> I love my ants, but I love my cat too. So there you go. But I mean, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, for I mean, so yeah, but there are some ways yeah. to certainly save money for sure. I food, mean, pet food is one of those, and you know, part of that goes with what type of pet you have. I mean, if you own a horse, you're going to spend a lot of money mm-hmm. on food. So you know, be careful before you buy a horse. Um, you know, and, and dogs are obviously gonna, it's, it's gonna be expensive the bigger the dog. So you got to take all that into account what you have. Cats are cheaper than dogs. They I can are. tell you that from experience. Yeah. Yes, they are. They are. They're easier too. <clears throat> They're easier. But, um, but yeah, gone are the days when, you know, Fido eats t- table scraps, you know, I mean, nobody hardly does that anymore if these are, you know, animal, you know, scraps. Um, you know, but now, I mean, they say, yeah, he needs like the high, you know, dollar, um, you know, infused with you know probiotics or something, wheat germ well, flax. They have some I don't even GI know GI issues too. I mean, you got to be sensitive to there. True, I guess there's a lot. I mean, I don't know. Again, I don't have a dog. <laughs> I can tell you from cats. Cats are very picky, very very yes, picky. Yes, and you can feed them the most expensive. We used to take. We we would have uh, tuna fish sometimes. You know, and we'd mm. take the tuna fish juice. You know, the oil. We'd say, man, you know, the cat's gonna love this. And, and kind of spread around on the food, you know, because we figured that she's going to love yeah. eating tuna fish oil on her food. Yeah. I mean, what could taste better to a cat? She wouldn't touch it, man. Yeah, she you probably didn't fix it. it right. You didn't turn it over or shake it, it the right way. would not touch it. Yeah, I mean, she loves dry cat food. That's, That's it. That's easy. You get it wet. She doesn't like it. Comes out of a can. She doesn't like it. Very picky, very picky cat she is. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying that... You know, you're not sure what your animal, just because your your animal, you know, you, you think they're going to want the really high dollar yeah, just, cat, uh, dog food at the store, um, their their taste is not as discerning as you might think. Yeah, they're not, they're not clean in all areas. So. <laughs> well, I mean, dogs do, dogs do drag up dead animals they occasionally. Do. They do. And so you got to keep that in, cats do too. Their they taste t- buds don't, shouldn't get too much credit there. I've noticed my cat will eat a, a bird. Yes. That's already dead. Yes, right. You know, so, I mean, and she'll eat a lizard, too. Yeah. So, I'm just saying, yeah. their their taste buds are not at the high level. So, yeah, you need to be... One way to cut is pet food. Pet food. You can just <laughs> buy the basic pet food, and you don't really have to worry about getting, you know, the high-dollar stuff, because they probably don't care to, di- to know the difference, and they probably prefer the cheaper stuff. No doubt. No doubt. Another one here is supplies and medicine. I mean, these can really add up. Uh, dogs don't really require parkas in the winter and sun hats in the summer. And uh, but you go to some of these stores and there's a lot of additional things that you can buy uh, associated with with this. And while it's you know it's okay to get you know pet toys, don't get you know sucked into making the the, the purchase for your furry friend. Um, you know a foam mattress or a deluxe cat tree. Um, you don't have a deluxe cat tree, do you? No, I, I don't. Outside, we, we have a million trees in our yard, <laughs> so there's no shortage of trees yeah. for for KJ. And so you, know, you look at uh, heartworm pills. You can get some of that stuff online. I mean, we obviously have some good vets in the area and so forth. But you just gotta be careful with the. I mean, you know, the medicine and the toys and everything can really add up if you don't budget for it. 
Yeah, that's for sure. You can spend a lot of money there. You can, you know, I don't know how much it would cost to have like the heart transplant medicine. <laughs> you can't. But yeah, worms. grooming, grooming and boarding. I mean, this gets incredibly expensive, particularly if you have a big animal. I mean, a horse, good grief, it, it just gets really expensive. So you want to make sure you can do that. And, you know, I mean, so, yeah, paying for a sitter can be one of the most annoying things if you're, a, a you know, a dog owner. Um, and if you can't get, you know, a neighborhood kid to, to do it on the cheap, then you've got to bite the bullet, right? And you got to board your pet. You know, if you're going out in town, you can't take them with you. So before you plan your next trip, you know, be sure to work this extra expense in your overall budget. I mean, don't overlook that. There's going to be the times when you have to board them. You have to pay somebody to keep them, you know, or house sit. Um, you know, when it comes to grooming, you know, skip the overpriced, you know, puppy palace, you know, and shop around. Right. I mean, you know, using a while an occasional summer trip may be in order, um, <clears throat> you know, for for trimming them. Um, but there's no need to go for like the specialty places because there's no limit really to what you can spend on grooming and boarding. So you just want to be careful and, uh, you know, save some money there, do it yourself and, yep, yep. you know, groom them before you take them and, and board them, that kind of thing. Yeah. And then, uh, the last one here is vet care. I mean, when it comes to your pet's health, it's, it's hard to separate your emotions from your wallet and, you know, we want our animals to be active and healthy, but does that mean prolonging their lives if it, uh, bankrupts us and, the Ramsey organization says no, and we would say no as well. So this is a sensitive uh, topic for a lot of folks. Um, you know, the key is, is, you know, budgeting for some of these items, um, making sure that you. Uh, so what would you do if Boomer had a heart, needed a heart transplant? Uh, he wouldn't get a heart transplant. <laughs> well, I know they don't if, do that. Okay. If he had a twisted but, gut. I mean, we would, we would yeah, probably spend yeah. some money on it. I mean, that's just, gosh, that's our history. Um, you know, we did that back in the nineties. I'm right, not sure it's any different right, now. Right. No, um, I know. Yeah. Maybe. But I don't, I don't know. It, just curious. So today it would probably be three, three grand. Right. I mean, so I'm talking about yeah, 25 years ago. Unfortunately it is cheaper for a pet than it is like a Yeah, person. no doubt. But I tell you the, the vets coming out of school today, when I mean, we know some vets and, and, um, you know, are friends with some of them. Their they their bills the the vet to be a, a veterinarian I mean they're coming out with two or three hundred thousand dollars in yeah, student loan debt and so there there's a reason why those prices are, are are challenging sometimes true I mean true you know yeah and I mean I know you're gonna do I mean if, you know if you've had a pet for thirteen years you're gonna do whatever it takes to try to you know yeah there's there's a point I mean. I do the dog that we did the, the the surgery for back in the nineties. He was like four or five, so he had some some more good years left. Okay, so we'll, okay. We'll see. <laughs> there you go. All right, we'll we'll leave it with that. All righty. All right. This brings it up to the uh, to our final thing, and that is the prescription of the week. Yeah, this is interesting here. So uh, we all in the office have done some studying under Ron Blue. Uh, he has a Kingdom Advisor uh, coursework, and so we're certified Kingdom Advisors. And he has a lot of discussions on passing wealth. And, um, you know, he had some interesting uh, thoughts in there about should you pass wealth equally to your kids? And his his recommendation was is no, because all our, our kids are differently. So, it you know, equal means the same, equitable means fair or fitting per the situation. So if you have two kids that are completely opposite, as an example, maybe you have one child that is struggling with, 
um, you know, some type of addiction? Would you really want to give them X amount of dollars um, to jeopardize their life? I mean, there's, right. there's just different things you have to think about. Our kids are different. Most people we run across do want to split it evenly 50-50, but in all cases, it's not going to be uh, the right answer. And it's just something that each person needs to think through. Yeah, think through it. Do some estate planning. Make sure things are set up to go the way you want. Yes, you know, talk when, about it. You know. Yeah whenever you pass away. So <clears throat> good prescription of the week. All right. And that brings us to a close for this week's edition of Money MD. Tune in next week to hear more prescriptions for your financial health. Check us out on our website, moneymd.net and link to us there. Email us your questions. If you have, have any, we'd love to, to uh, answer those for you. Or you can give us a call at Richard Young Associates, 706-739-0725. Thanks for listening. Have a great rest of the week. Have a good one. This program contains general information only and should not be taken as specific investment, tax, or legal advice. This broadcast is not a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. SmartVestor Pro is not connected to investment returns. Further information is available by contacting Richard Young Associates, a registered investment advisor. 